Good morning. I'm Jordan Marie Smith from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, March 1st. In today's news, the CDC recommends Johnson & Johnson's single-dose vaccine, making it ready for inoculations. And who is Madison Cawthorn? But first, the big idea. This past Sunday, former President Donald Trump said that he is considering a presidential run in 2024. The one-term president lost the 2020 election to Joe Biden. He also survived an impeachment trial that could have prevented him from running for office in the future. The Post's Dave Weigel and Michael Shearer report that Trump has ruled out forming a third party and will devote himself to building up Republican efforts to take on Democrats and others he claimed have targeted his movement. The address before the crowd at the Conservative Political Action Conference marked Trump's first political address since leaving the White House. It was staged as a public declaration of Trump's intention to play a dominant political role through the 2022 election. It also foreshadowed his possible direct involvement in the next presidential election. Trump also launched an expected attack on President Biden, echoing many of the themes of his winning 2016 presidential campaign and its losing sequel in 2020. He alleged that Biden had, quote, the most disastrous first month of any president in modern history before attacking the president for his shift on border security policy, the pace of school reopenings, and his energy policies. He predicted withering Democratic losses in the 2022 midterms and a Democratic loss of the White House four years from now prompting a standing ovation and chants of USA and four more years. He again repeated the false claims about the outcome of the 2020 presidential election, which Democrats won. Trump took the stage immediately after the release of a 2024 presidential straw poll of conference attendees. It was conducted by Trump campaign pollster Jim McLaughlin. The poll found that 68% of attendees wanted Trump to run again, and 55% supported Trump's election in 2024, if he ran, with 21% supporting Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. No other contender hit double digits. Without Trump as an option, DeSantis led the field with 43%, followed by South Dakota Governor Christy L. Noem with 11%. Former Vice President Mike Pence was at 1% in the poll, with Trump removed. The poll reflected a broader celebration of Trump's term in office that coursed through the entire event. Trump has made plans to start a new super PAC, which will be able to raise limitless in size donations from corporations and individuals. He says he's also exploring the possibility of drafting a bullet-pointed America First agenda, which fellow Republicans could sign onto in a show of fealty to his leadership. 
He is also moving quickly to formalize a process for endorsing candidates in Republican primaries, with the goal of punishing those Republicans who have criticized him in recent months. Supporters of the former president who hadn't paid for CPAC tickets also held rallies outside, dwarfing a group of Democrats who gathered across the street on Sunday. Enrique Tarrio, the leader of the Proud Boys, a far-right group with a history of violence, mingled in the crowd, taking photos with supporters. Trump fans waved flags and signs, falsely accusing Biden of stealing the election and of more lurid crimes. Some wore merchandise from the January 6th rally that preceded the Capitol riots, while some argued that Trump should be returned to office even before the next election. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one. The CDC is recommending the nation's third coronavirus vaccine for people 18 and older. The Post's Lena Sun reported that the one-shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine can begin to be administered starting this week. The action follows a unanimous vote Sunday by the CDC's Vaccine Advisory Panel, which strongly endorsed the vaccine's effectiveness in completely protecting against hospitalization and death. The vaccine is the first one authorized in the United States that doesn't need to be kept frozen or administered twice. The clearance of a third vaccine comes at a critical inflection point in the pandemic. After weeks of steadily declining new cases in the United States, the downward trend has stalled. On Friday, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky called it, quote, a very concerning shift in the trajectory. Experts worry that state and local officials are relaxing restrictions too quickly, and people are letting down their guard even as more contagious and possibly more deadly virus variants are on the rise. The death toll has risen to more than 500,000 deaths from COVID-19. The Food and Drug Administration's action permits a vaccine to be used, while the CDC recommends to health providers how it should be used. The doses are expected to start shipping as early as Monday to sites already receiving doses of the two other authorized vaccines made by Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna. Johnson & Johnson's initial supply will be limited. 3.9 million doses are expected to be shipped this week, with an estimated 20 million doses by the end of March, officials have said. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine was 85% effective at protecting against severe cases of illness in late-stage trials, and there were no deaths or hospitalizations a month after participants received the vaccine. The vaccine was slightly less effective at preventing moderate illness, where more transmissible variants have only recently begun to be detected. Some experts are worried that the public will fixate on that data point and pass up the Johnson & Johnson shot in favor of other vaccines that underwent trials at an earlier stage of the pandemic when such variants were not a factor. Panel members emphasize that doing so will leave people unprotected and delay the pandemic's end. Number two, 
Madison Cawthorn was a 21-year-old freshman at a conservative Christian college when he spoke at a chapel, testifying about his relationship with God. He talked emotionally about the day a car accident left him partially paralyzed and reliant on a wheelchair. Post reporter Michael Cranish wrote about how Cawthorn said a close friend had crashed the car and fled the scene, leaving him to die, quote, in a fiery tomb. Cawthorn was, quote, declared dead, he said in a 2017 speech at Patrick Henry College. He said he told doctors that he expected to recover and that he would, quote, be at the Naval Academy by Christmas. The friend, Bradley Ledford, who has not previously spoken publicly about the chapel speech, said in an interview that Cawthorn's account was false and that he'd pulled Cawthorn from the wreckage. An accident report obtained by the Washington Post said Cawthorn was, quote, incapacitated, not that he was declared dead. Cawthorn himself said in a lawsuit deposition, first reported by the news outlet AVL Watchdog, that he had been rejected by the Naval Academy before the crash. The portrait he sketched of his life provided the framework for his election in November as the youngest member of the U.S. House of Representatives. His campaign ads repeated the false crash information. Cawthorn has been embraced by former President Trump while also facing sexual misconduct allegations. The representative now serves on the Education Committee and the Veterans Affairs Committee. That's The Daily 202 for Monday, March 1st. I'm Jordan Marie Smith. Thanks for listening. Thank you.